Welcome to Probing Gaia, where Steve and Joey are bending over, opening their third eye, and allowing the light of the Gaia Network's consciousness-based content to fill them completely, changing them from the inside out, and flowing onto you. Today, we are probing into near-death experiences, Dr. Raymond Moody's legacy of NDEs. Never fully understand. <laughs> we want answers. <laughs> we want answers. <laughs> A bolt of lightning? <laughs> A bolt of lightning. Because that's all I was thinking when that, <laughs> he was like, this guy got struck by a bolt of lightning. <laughs> <Yeah>. A bolt <laughs> of lightning? <laughs> I like that uh, uh, he specifically like, got struck in the back of the neck by a right, bolt of right. I'm like, how can you tell? <laughs> Like, I guess well, there is a burn like a, area. Yeah, yeah, there must be like a big pimple or something that uh, forms. <laughs> well, just know, yeah. bolt of lightning pimple uh, just, yeah, entrance point. But uh, uh, yeah, welcome to Probing Guy on a rare Tuesday afternoon here Classic. in sunny old Southern California. Well, not so sunny. It's uh, rainy here. It's true. At least now by me. But yeah. a cloudy, cloudy couple of days. Uh down here, El Nino, the boy is starting El Nino. <laughs> In the case of them grumblies waking up from nap time. Yes. I have been learning. I was telling Steve right before recording that I've been, I switched to from Japanese to Spanish on Duolingo. And, uh, cause I never took Spanish. I took German in high school. Uh, and, um, uh, been learning about La Ninos, El Ninos, <laughs> Mucho Gustos, right. uh, Buenos Noches, uh the no one that I'm having trouble with is uh the the tense of eating called like come comes and whatever mm-hmm. uh and then hablo hablas like i know like yo hablo like i speak but then yeah uh but they do fun little um like you know they'll do all three they'll do like you speak he speak i speak or whatever so. right 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 um and then you'll remember this and these do that and those don'ts for este esos and esta wait so this and that have uh-huh. s's this and this and that do that and those don't oh have, have s's yes on the oh okay for estos estas estos oh okay where there's este esta esto interesting that's why a lot of people say that like Babel and a couple of the other language apps are better because they're curated by humans like by a human team mm-hmm. whereas duolingo is like ai uh generated to an extent i guess so uh in terms of like progression and learning and stuff like that because it's also weird like you can you can kind of skip ahead if you're like I'm sick of this and I just want to fucking move ahead. Then uh, uh, <laughs> Big Chief says you look like someone who would take German in high school. In school, right. <laughs> you would classic haircut. Uh, <laughs> that is that is such a uh, oh, and it's snowing here in Pittsburgh for P. Matthews. Um, there we go. Uh, that is such a funny comeback <laughs> where it's like so it seems so mean where somebody says yeah I just do this and you're like. You would. Like, yeah. I mean, that's something you'd like for yeah. sure, but not me. <laughs> uh, you're into that shitty fucking thing. Um, Is that some sort of euphemism for something? Yeah. Um, oh, I took German in high school. <laughs> I took a little German in high school, <laughs> as they say. Uh, Gave a little too. <laughs> Take a German, leave a German. Um, but... Uh, 
it is crazy even though i was not doing an austin powers impression it remind me that austin powers is a 25 year old movie now yeah i think there's like anniversary versions <laughs> coming out or something crazy because yeah i remember i was at like a football camp and it had like just come out and people were doing the, the accents and that was yeah yeah late 90s i guess early 2000s yeah. that was the first like the first movie i remember it was in seventh grade first movie i remember especially the first comedy i remember like coming to school and before class starting everyone had seen it like opening weekend and we were all just like quoting the fucking whole right. movie. it might have been like the the first like yes baby yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's a man yeah uh that's my sack baby <laughs> uh because <laughs> oh, that's not my bag <laughs> yeah <laughs> long piss long piss yeah. uh but uh yeah that was like i feel like the first i mean maybe wayne's world was like quoting it with my family but then like austin powers was like i think that peak uh, early peak like uh well the age where teenagers, kids could go to the theater yeah yeah and, and start and getting more of the jokes and understanding right. the context and why it's funny as opposed to not just that it you know it looks funny or sounds funny. right um but uh also I was just listening to a podcast today while running errands and they're like, they're like, yeah, like Dr. Evil and Austin Powers are like maybe the most, some of the most durable characters out there because they're still used constantly today right. uh, for Twitter response, like for all Memes, sorts of responses yeah. and shit like that. So, well, uh, and again, it's like they technically were in the past and then in the present. So it's like they weren't super set in yeah. like, oh, they were speaking in a language lingo of the early 2000s like yes. can't hardly wait right that movie right, like, right, no right. one's really copying yeah. that today exactly right <laughs> uh yeah no one's quoting the famous uh jennifer love hewitt you know right. lines from that movie oh yeah <laughs> ethan embry oh was that the, ethan yeah. embry the, is the kid i think who plays plays rust uh, like in, the uh, love interest or yeah. wants her yeah uh, and then yeah it's got a uh, well, speaking of Austin Powers, it's got what's his face? Oh, Seth, Seth Green. Yeah. Seth Green as like the dweeby wannabe yes. cool guy. <laughs> he has the goggles. <laughs> right, right, right. The kind of raver, kind of hip hop. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Aesthetic. Uh, uh, Big Chief says Austin Powers was always great. Just look at Amber Heard during the trial. She dressed up like Dr. Evil. <laughs> uh, hello, Cajun Robin Hood. Hello, Grove Snake. Mm. Uh, welcome. Oh, and Grove Snake says, uh, by the way, happy birthday, Steve. Right. Uh, <laughs> he wrote that on a Facebook September, post. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, it is Harris's. Yes, today is my wife's birthday. Um I uh went and got her some beautiful flowers. We don't usually do like big gifts for each other because we do stuff for each other yeah. all year round, but um uh always do a little something. Uh she ended up getting me the um MVP discs. Uh, what is it? Groove uh, the, the gyropalooza. gyropalooza. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So eleven discs. Yes. With uh, uh, five were pre-stamped or pre-known, and then the six were random. Right. Uh, very cool stamps on there too. But and your birthday's coming up Friday. Yes, the twenty second. Uh, we're getting together. It's. I mean, mostly getting together for our friends. Uh, Dorsch Corner and his fight wife and family, his fife, his fiefdom that he's going to run <laughs> now up in Idaho. But uh moving out of state. So mostly like a going away party for them. It happens to be on my birthday too. But um we did a little birthday celebration with the family on Sunday. Oh, yeah. Um had what we I think we had there was like 16 people here, and we did um uh 
chicken and steak cutlets italian mm. style so uh and mom made some pasta too uh Laura nice. my sister and then um but i made the breadcrumbs and seasoned myself so it was real sourdough bread that i you know cut up dried uh seasoned and man that shit that was that was like as much as i hate my grandmother those chicken cutlets are just their her meat cutlets whether it was veal mm-hmm. or rabbit or whatever those are like the best appetizer, the best main meal, and the best like leftovers too. Like they're always fucking good. But right, um, and shocking how bland they can be at like other restaurants where because they, they don't season the breadcrumbs, they just right, 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 crumbs right, right. and that's it. Yeah, that's if you it. don't do it enough, yeah. Um, but uh, have fun at your Christmas thing, Grove Snake. He just wanted to say hi, and uh, now he has to go. Um, no. But uh, yeah, I had a I got a a, a very nice uh, Breville food processor that I asked for. Um, cause we have a food processor, I think from like the wedding or something, but I use it to make the dog food every couple of weeks. So I'm always, I've like just, it's not, it's not destroyed, but it is, it is getting old and there mm-hmm. is like, um, there's a section in it where food gets little pieces of food, get trapped forever and you can't ever clean it unless you break mm-hmm. it. So it doesn't ever touch the food you're eating, but it is gross. Right, right. And now it's like in there round pieces of mold and stuff in there. But I'll probably keep that one because uh, I put like fucking frozen carrots and shit in there for the dog <laughs> sometimes. Right, right, so, right. Because right, right. I don't let them thaw. But um, yeah, it just fucks the blade up. But uh, yeah, this will be like kind of hopefully my I've adopted my forever food processor, hopefully. <laughs> but uh, right, right. the reviews that I was I looked at a lot of reviews and this one especially was like you can put a whole block of mozzarella and it will shred it like nothing in there and i was oh, like nice. the food processor for me cuz i love i love doing things by hand and not taking shortcuts with cooking but i asked for a deli slicer for christmas so hopefully mm-hmm. i'll get that and uh and this food processor because uh shredding pounds of cheese is really annoying and boring or i i cube them up um but uh uh i'd I'd rather just at this point everyone's like oh it melts at the right time when it's cute and i'm like i've never found a difference when i've tried it both ways it just right 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 my cooking time is like identical and if anything i get the better um if i'm doing the detroit pizzas i get the better frico the little uh tendrils on the side when it's shredded Mm -hmm. obviously so um but uh oh good for you p matthews uh he has therapy in 10 minutes uh there we go uh, thank you for checking in with us have a good session um but uh yeah, so I'm excited to to use this as well. But um, we also got a, um, I mean, it was Sarah's gift, but she got a uh, a screen that shares your calendars because, as most people know, Outlook, iCal, you know, Apple Calendar, and Gmail do not mix very well when you want to mm-hmm. combine calendars. And so um, this company has, a, it's called Skylight. They have like, which is insane that they have pr- proprietary software that just does this, but. It also makes sense because Microsoft doesn't want you using fucking Gmail. Gmail doesn't want you using Microsoft or Apple and vice versa with Apple too. So um, that'll be fun to to keep things organized. Right. Um, right. Good work. Yeah. And then uh, Thick Nick did a little family feud game. So oh, right. Um, it's funny too because he started doing these games during Christmas because we were doing games with uh, David Peterson's family, the linguistics guy from Hollywood, because he would do these very elaborate games. We're actually doing that again this year. Like we're getting together for the first, first or second time since like COVID, they were very strict about right. COVID stuff until like seven, eight months ago, his uh, grandfather died. We went to his funeral. And then, uh, you guys all high five. We got a kiss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the curse we was together. lifted. We beat COVID everyone. 
Um, but, uh, yeah, we're getting tethered. So there's, he, he's doing some very elaborate game. He literally mailed us all pictures of himself as a child, a young child. And he says, bring this on the 29th and like things like that. So he does very, very, uh, he's like a genius level guy, but, uh, uh, his games have, he literally makes up an entire game that's sometimes like trivia mixed with scavenger hunts mixed with other stuff too. So, um, That'll be fun to uh, do again. And he's uh, newly married for the second time. So. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, they eloped to the Hollywood sign, to the wisdom tree on in the Hollywood Hills and got okay. uh, married. So, um, but and his uh, ex-wife did the uh, ceremony. <laughs> yes, as a former wedding planner. Uh, now, well, I don't want to give it. It's fine. It doesn't really yeah. matter. But, um, <laughs> Discussions for another day. Yes. Uh, but yeah, we are here and we are talking. That is what every podcast is. It's We've got no new reviews. No talking. reaching for the stars. Yes, no reaching for the stars today. Uh, I'm sure uh, we just have less in general. The listens aren't really down, but we just have less of that stuff in general because I'm sure because we're posting less. So because we are doing... No Guts, No Glory, the Berserk podcast on another feed every other week. So um, I uh, I am fiending to do that show every week because I want to keep reading Berserk. I just don't know how to manage the time. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that's a little much. We've we got a devoted time. fan base here. Exactly. And I don't want to I don't want to bum everyone out or cancel our Patreon or something. Cause, right. Right. Yeah. Uh, I could be like Simon Lazat and keep his Patreon going for like two years, getting thousands of dollars a month. <laughs> right, <laughs> he, right. He eventually right. shut it down like a year and a half ago. Um, but he even said that his wife was like, who cares if they're, if they say they're fine with it and they're paying you just take the, the, I, at one point it was five grand a month. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> um, oh, quick disc golf question. I just started noticing it more for like, you know, they're advertising for Christmas. Mm-hmm. What is up with the Simon and Paul having like disc golf university or something. It's like a training camp or yeah, yeah they started a whole training thing this last year. Uh, Simon re- originally wasn't in it, but it's like some other guy who's only been disc golfing for like three years started as a business. And yeah, now Paul Uvari, oh, he was like the launch guy and Simon was supposed to be, but yeah, they do online courses. Oh, wow. Uh, Cause Simon's so like, I'm not a teacher. I don't like teaching. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't think it's like one on one per se. Right. And maybe there's other people. I think they're like training people to like do the like Coaching. direct, yeah, one on one stuff. But then the other stuff I think is just like a master class, right? So it's like, here's right, right. how to do these things. So uh, TED Talks on Discord. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, make sure and head over to that aforementioned. Of horror, of horror mentioned patreon.com slash probing ancient aliens for two exclusive podcasts every month for only the five dollar tier or higher. Uh, and listen to that other podcast, No Guts, No Glory, the Berserk podcast on your favorite podcast service. As Steve always reminds everyone, if you don't like uh, manga or fantasy or uh, Japanese people or culture, you don't have to listen to the second half of the show. But the first half of the show is a lot like uh, this show, it's, it's just us being us in general. Uh, some different topics, of Updates. course, that we get into, but uh, but yeah. So, uh, and we also we do stream that on this same wow uh, Twitch uh, channel, Twitch.tv/slash/probingancientaliens, which you should subscribe to. Uh, thank you for all the dedicated subs out there for the yeah. uh, free what what Twitch Sub Prime. Yes, exactly. Yes, Twitch Prime memberships. Thank you. 
as always, for re-upping that every single month by linking your Amazon Prime to your Twitch Prime account, and you get a free Prime subscription, which gives us a couple of uh, Dolores, Buco Dolores, every month. So appreciate that. Uh, and head over to BlackHoleSupplyCompany.com for Probing Ancient Aliens, Merchandise, Disc Golf Discs, and Disc Golf Apparel. And head over to that physical location inside Cape and Cal Collectibles at 9525 Garfield Avenue, Suite C2, Fountain Valley, California, 92708. If you're in the area, just like listener Aaron was, all the way from from Oz, from Oswald Penitentiary, uh, the HBO show. Uh, he's See. actually, no, he's from, from Oz, Australia. Um, and uh, I'm assuming he made it back okay. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he came in... Uh, he comes out to various countries for work and he hung out with us over at uh, green cheek brewery for a little while, which was fun to uh, meet him and chat with him. Steven met him briefly before at Cape and cow collectibles, but yeah, but um, uh, yeah, that was super fun. We also had another fan reach out. They're coming out to Pasadena in February with his girlfriend. So, uh, right. Uh, I think he's a, he, him, he didn't say he was right. right, he said right they're coming yeah. out with his girlfriend to, <laughs> uh so yeah so maybe we'll hang out then too if time permits though uh sarah and i are trying to plan uh because her father is trying to plan a mm. griswold-esque european I was say, get on the holiday road because <laughs> uh he's been wanting to visit he's never been to italy before and some other places and he has a whole uh he has a whole um he has a uh, the whole month of February booked free, uh, not oh, nice. booked, meaning, I mean, no right, 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 right. February set aside. Yes. Yes. It's just, uh, all about convincing, uh, the mother-in-law. So, um, who has quote seen Europe and doesn't need to anymore. She's been to right. two places in Europe in her entire life for about a <laughs> I day. Saw that once. Yeah. So she's, she's been to Vegas all. and been to the Paris hotel, yes. been to the Bellagio. <laughs> seen it all um but uh but yeah so um the fuck was i talking oh yeah reaching for the stars is not existed but please give us those five star ratings uh give us those reviews in those five star ratings on apple Podcasts, spotify what have you but those are the two biggest ones so please please keep the good vibes going uh so people can find us uh, on those podcast services too um we have a little segment here called how you doing steve how you doing joey where we ask each other how are you doing how are you doing steve <laughs> i'm doing okay um yes we are just ramping up getting ready for the lovely christmas and then holiday week uh upon us here so yeah i think all the shopping's done so that's good uh haven't gotten sick yet knock on wood <laughs> I feel like everyone's just getting like a weird cold or flu or yeah. something uh, the past few weeks. So I've uh, been able to gladly avoid that. Um, yeah, I know we were going to go disc golf Thursday, but I think it's supposed to be raining all day. Yes. <laughs> I also, so. I, I'm, we're going to be at universal tomorrow. I'm skipping to mine, but, uh, on Saturday had a back spasm. So I'm doing mm. okay, but still okay. probably not gonna disc golf. I had to cancel armor this past weekend too. Mm, mm. But yeah so yeah no, and, and like i said i think it's gonna rain anyway so we should yeah. be good to go and then um yeah it's uh we'll see you friday for gorsh's party that should be fun and then uh 
my wife's birthday is also on New Year's Eve, so we'll, yes. we'll do some nice dinners and fun stuff for that big week there, and then see us into the lovely 2024. What are the but, What are the big Christmas plans this year? Uh, we always go the usual, go to my mom's for Christmas Eve, so we'll go down there, uh, hang out for like, you know, late afternoon, then do dinner, then probably go over to my brother's for like lunch and hang out until dinner there as well. And then just try and relax after that. Cause yeah, Christmas is on Monday. So yeah, Christmas Eve. Yeah. Sunday, Christmas, Monday, that day. And then just, yeah, hang out probably during the rest of the week. Nothing. I feel like there's nothing super crazy. And then, yeah. What's your big ask this year? What'd you ask for? for Big ask. Uh, nothing really. Uh, (laughs) my mom just gives us some cash and then, yeah, my wife and I don't really get too crazy at just, as you said, you know, it's like, we're always doing stuff throughout the year. So yeah, nothing, nothing crazy on the old hit list, but I did go to Frankincense and bought a golden ax toy. Cause I knew I was having some cash come in. So I just went ahead and purchased that. So that From video game, Sega, golden Axe. the Sega property game. Yeah. Game yeah. yeah. So this company storm collectibles has been making, uh, yeah golden axe toy says maybe another black t-shirt for christmas yeah we can get more (laughs) nonstop. um but yeah those those toys they're kind of like the figure arts and all that you know they're a japanese company so it's like you know super articulated multiple pieces all that good stuff so there's golden axe just announced at the game awards one of Mm -hmm. one of sega's properties that are going to be coming back they have new games in development it was like they they announced this like thing where they're like oh, some of our biggest legacy property IPs will be coming back and it's like oh, a new crazy taxi taxi a new golden axe oh. uh, and a new jet set radio which was okay. big you know crazy taxi jet set for obviously big dreamcast games right right golden right, right. axe yeah, very and, old game yeah i love golden axe it was just the fantasy side scroller yeah. battle everything so one of the that the fucking warbird that, thing that that would uh, some of the dwarves would ride and shit like that yeah like, yeah no cool. that's out i need to get that the as mount. well like the main uh, Gil, I think is his name, Gildan or Gil something. And he comes with the little bird guy that he can ride. Yes, yeah. Um, the figure that I picked up was one of the bad brothers. So the big, like almost Middle Eastern looking guys with the yeah, cross strap, yeah. like uh, chest yeah, yeah, and yeah. like the giants. <laughs> and then obviously different colors, just like in Grandma's Boy. Yes. Uh, but there's <laughs> a green version. But yeah. And then Crazy Taxi. Yeah, I used to play a ton Take of that. Me pizza Hut. <laughs> <laughs> Take me get to the pizza. Take me to the bridge. But yeah, Crazy Taxi, I would be uh, interested to play that again because that was they always fun, un- just go wild game. On Sacred Symbols, they always, uh, they've talked about it for years and it's like a running gag where they're like, if Crazy Taxi, this is before this announcement, obviously, they're like, if Crazy Taxi was made now. And so it's just like, take me to Raytheon, take me to Boeing, like all these fucking <laughs> military industrial complex, like, <laughs> but uh, yeah, is it going to be Crazy Uber or something stupid? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's the thing it's gonna it's weird like what is it gonna fucking be it must be it's gonna i'm just be, assuming upgraded. or it's just gonna be like new but in a retro world where right 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 still need taxis or something but yeah you're like the also taxi and scrooged uh, right. when <laughs> he goes back to christmas yeah. past <laughs> uh also the big question too was the fucking music licensing in that game mm. was nuts because yeah, I mean, every time you were in an arcade, when you heard fucking the offspring going, yada, 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 it was the mm. fucking crazy taxi machine on the, right. you know, when nobody was playing it or whatever. A la Tony Hawk as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, praise a lot. Please tone. Praise Tony Hawk. See, see, see. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's how I'm doing. How are you doing, Joe? Again, I mean, we went over a few things already. But yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I fucking was uh, like, I having a back spasm, like 
is oh, and I've had quite a few of those. Yeah, I could yeah, I mean there's been multiple times just disc golfing where you've had minor to moderate to bad ones. Yeah. Uh, and one time I was doing a convention to have one and could barely walk. Oh. And then I had to drive home like because it was in Phoenix. So I did the show all weekend and drove home. I and I could barely walk out of the convention oh, every time. <laughs> I am I am very lucky. I'm very thankful that I only have them once every few years, usually. Like the the last one I had was when my sister was still married to her husband. So at least four years ago, probably uh, cause we were hanging out at their house that day or something. That one was really bad to the point where my mom, cause she has had like back surgeries and stuff. So she has like muscle relaxers just on hand. And I took, I took a dose and I think I might have even taken. Oh, a- you should only take one muscle relaxer. dose too. No, st- <laughs> Yeah, you failed Duolingo. Yeah, 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 done. <laughs> I took a dose. Yeah. <laughs> Let's work on those mistakes you made. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Hi, Joey. It's uh, me, Dewey. How many fucking pills did you take? <laughs> idiot? Oh, that's just who's Sarah, on first. Sarah texting me. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I think I took one extra because it was by weight or whatever. And it did absolutely nothing. There was no pain reduction, no calming <laughs> of the muscle. And because, you know, it was like it happened. And then two hours later, we went over for like dinner or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Done that night. But what uh, I like to do is take a leave to start because yes. that's an anti-inflammatory. Yes. So that helps. Same. And I, then, yeah, I've been doing a leave. And then because that's a longer yeah. burn, it's like eight to 12 hours. And then uh, mixing in Tylenol there, too, because it's something re- learned with uh Sarah and her, um, uh, you know, her ectopic, you know, rupture and the surgeries and all that stuff is like when they're prescribing you pain stuff, they're like, oh yeah, you can take, as long as you alternate between a set of fenomen, which is Tylenol and ibuprofens and NSAIDs, which are, you know, Aleve and, and you yeah. know, uh, Advil and stuff. They're like, you're fine. Your liver will be fine. Like just, you know, and, and, and if anything, it helps cause you can kind of keep the party going right, by right, alternating right. every few hours. So. Uh, no, I know. Yes. Night beacon lights. You had to work on your core. I had spasms in my groin area recently. That fucking mm-hmm. sucks. But yeah, I, I mean, that's why it. like doing, doing a lot of really deep squats the past few years and things have helped. Cause I used to probably get them like once every year or two. And now it's been a lot. Well, Cause when longer. you had the, the Anaheim apartment and that shitty couch, you had like, all uh, kinds that was, of that was a different thing too, which also <laughs> was because of a sedentary lifestyle right. as well. But yeah, zero muscle that, that was really what got me to start doing, you know, leg, butt, core stuff. Right. Um, at, which you know has helped immensely because that's, that's my favorite music genre, leg, butt, core stuff. <laughs> it's big with the curvy girls on TikTok and yeah. stuff, you know? Um, but, uh, it's just their asses lip syncing to <laughs> hardcore songs or stuff. <laughs> yeah swing kicks and stop it. <laughs> uh but um yeah that's definitely helped a lot but yeah this was just a fucking uh uh I, I think it's because i've been obsessing about posture and things lately which then when you mix that with ocd uh you can start getting you know you can start overworking those things yeah, over focused and that, yeah and then and so because literally i wasn't even doing anything crazy i was making the breadcrumbs for um you know like you cut them up like it's the same way you can make croutons but you just shred them up into breadcrumbs so that you go to the next step but uh i was you know you bake them on low to dry them out for like an hour or something and i was just fucking lightly hinging over to grab one of the trays and i literally like heard it it went like yeah. like it was a weird fucking like you hear it in your head, but also 
in your ears too it's disgusting and i was like just fucking i was so fucking mad like i the pain is the pain but i'm just i get so fucking mad and like depressed because and it's also because of you know parents uh instilling eating disorder and body dysmorphic things because they were uh always on diets never shutting up about how bad their appearance was and pictures whatever and so i've equated so much of I, so much transactionalism into like, well, fuck now I can't exercise this week. Like I was playing, like I plan, like I do every week. So now I've got to eat less. Oh, but I have a big party tomorrow. I'm going to be eating a bunch. Of, and then it's like, then you fear weight gain. It's like, it, I, I start going in this cycle because I'm now trapped in my body and I can't right. fucking like, cause cause that first 24 hours sucks. Like it's the fucking, yeah, yeah, yeah. You definitely got to move slow. And- um, I was very thankful that my lower left, um, like hip back area, like where they meet kind of thing. Uh, very thankful though. I at least could, once I got in my good sleeping position, it didn't hurt. So I slept pretty deeply. And, uh, and now I'm like, we went, we ran a bunch of errands yesterday. I had to take some breaks or whatever from just standing. Um, but that actually, it helped a ton just moving around for like five or six hours, just walking and whatever. Cause they want you to like, they, I mean, literally they say like, uh, get back to your normal routine as quickly as possible. Like as yeah, quickly yeah, as you yeah, can yeah. it so it doesn't stiffen. Movement up. helps more than yes. hurt. Because, yeah, the stiffness is what hurts the most. But. Which is, yeah, why when I was at that convention, I had to force myself to get out of the booth. That's Because I had done it enough at that point in my life, and that was t- over 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I had to, like, force myself to walk around and Ugh. straighten out and all those things. Because, like, all right, oh. if I just sit here, I'm, I'm not getting out of this convention. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like the past two days as it's kind of the sw- the swelling's gone down, my body's just been like crackling and popping as it's like allowed to kind of adjust itself again. <laughs> right. It, it felt like my whole lower left half of my body or in like my center was like pulling that way. Like it was all swollen and fucking ugh, it's gross. Yeah. Um I was using the Theragun too, and it was like mm. almost making me throw up on spot because it was like it wasn't even at the nexus of it. It was like all the muscle that was getting pulled like on the round my side of my stomach and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Ugh, it's everything getting out of whack. Makes me feel nauseous. But anyway, um, but uh yeah, got um Christmas coming up. We're doing the typical Christmas Italian food at my mom's house, then to her house again kind of in the morning, then to in-laws uh at night that night. So and then I think we're hanging out with in-laws again the next day because my brother-in-law's wife her parents who live in Florida are coming out this year. So they alternate like my, my wife's brother and his wife alternate every other year staying out here for Christmas or going to Florida to the Tampa area for Christmas. So right. uh, they are here, but uh, yeah, I'm, I am, I love the Christmas season. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and, uh, but also ready for new year, new gear, as we would always say in the e-commerce. Uh, <laughs> and I feel like that email still goes out with that exact copy. <laughs> I remember our old boss at ASICS, even uh, uh, the shoe company, whatever, I don't care if I can say it. <laughs> uh, uh, he would do that as a joke. Like it was already cliche back then. And that was in like 2014 or something. Right, right. He's like, fuck it. Let's just do new year, new year, new gear. Um, yeah. But uh, I am, I am, so glad that i am out of that industry to this holiday season but um <laughs> but anyway uh oh and then one quick mention this could be safe for no guts no glory but i uh i was playing one game that i mentioned on there called lords of the fallen mm. and two two from soft uh from soft clones the souls like uh, games i will say 
huge balancing problems partway through the game, which then make you appreciate the actual from like Elden Ring and Dark Souls and stuff. Because those games are tough but fair the whole way through. Mm-hmm. I was playing that Lies of P game, that Pinocchio game, which is a oh, cl- right, kind of a right, clone. Right. That game of the year uh, on App Store, huh? I know, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then this game, Lords of the Farm, I was having a blast with, and it hit a point where, and I, I look up the Reddit and everything because I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like this, like this was really again seemed tough but fair. And there's people on there that are like, I have, I have played and like you know on PlayStation, it's like platinum trophy or Xbox. You know, you're getting the whatever the one thousand. Uh, is it? Uh, whatever gamer gamer score gamer score is that what it is on uh, xbox like when you get oh all yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like you that. get your achievement points and stuff yeah like yeah. people are like i have fucking got all the achievements or platinum trophied all the FromSoft games and this fucking game is bullshit now because from <laughs> here it is impossible to do like it's like you know without cheesing everything yeah. and what it's like so i was just like well i want to have fun so i started playing diablo 4 my first Diablo game, my first Blizzard Entertainment game ever. I've never played a Diablo game, and that's and on PC or PlayStation. They have a it's on everything pretty much. Because okay. yeah. back uh, in the day, that was only correct. PC. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think Diablo three was the first on console. Uh, okay, like seven, eight years ago, whenever it came out, but um, in the PS4 and Xbox One era. But uh, man, this is a fucking game ass game it's super it's like <laughs> extremely <Excuse> addicting <laughs> it's, it's just like, yeah. <laughs> um there's a religion that celebrates gay mass right, right. but uh uh no it is like uh it's you know it's got like story and stuff like that but like it's it's basically like you know pick a class and and optimize that build and all these fucking you, you can have a rogue but you can make him more of an archer you can make him a archer who sets traps you can make him a fucking dagger fighter that like you know is stealthy and goes and backsteps like all that kind of shit so it's super fun to play around with it and then it's just like hordes of enemies all the time as you're making your way through so it's and it's like a it's an isometric view like over the top kind of view oh, okay yeah, yeah so yeah, it yeah. feels very old school but it's but in like the best ways where the game the, the the gameplay loop is so fucking addicting of just you're constantly getting more loot you're constantly getting new abilities but then also the enemies are constantly getting harder in this like perfectly ramping up way. Like I've ha- haven't hit any like big difficulty spikes or anything. So been super fun, but, um, but yeah, um, other than that, we can get into what do we the watch? Oh, yeah. NBEs. Uh, uh, Raymond Moody, Dr. Raymond Moody, um, is a, a pretty famous, um, near death experience researcher. He has a, he has a, a PhD in philosophy, a PhD in psychology, and an MD in uh, being a doctor. So right. uh, he, he's, a, he's a medical doctor. He's a, a doctor of psychology and a philosophy um, professor and doctor as well. So a uh, pretty legit guy. He, he was the, the first guy to really focus on the near-death experience and su- study it scientifically and try to understand the trends, the commonalities. He studied people of different cultures and religions around the world. Um, and, uh, so he's kind of the, he's, he's the daddy of NDE research. So, right. cause before the seventies, when he was studying it, people just thought it was a religious joke. People in the science world thought it was a religious joke. Um, it's funny too. Like his Wikipedia page, seems like it was written just by people from like skeptoid or like whatever, where it's just like, it's all just the criticisms of his studies and everything. Right. Right. Um, some of them are fair in terms of like, you could also say this about literally any scientific paper or book, but they're like, 
you know, it's, you know, he's been criticized of cherry picking his data. And it's like, he literally has books of thousands and thousands of fucking stuff. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, so even if there's a lot that aren't that too, there are still thousands that are kind of thing. And, and you know, 10 years ago, I might've been like, oh, he's just picking and choosing whatever. But, um, but yeah, he's, he's done studies himself. He's done a lot of like uh, meta analyses of reports and things too. Um, he wrote a famous book in the seventies called life after life. And that was his big mm. kind of break into the mainstream. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, we hadn't really touched on NDEs other than talking about Anthony peak because NDEs are a big part of his like cheating the ferryman hypothesis. Right. Which I'm sure I'll touch on here in comparison to the stuff that uh, Moody is saying, but uh, he's also mentioned Moody a bunch. The only criticism he has for him is that he, uh, his books all end up being just uh, collections of experiences as opposed uh, to right. analysis like, or yeah, as opposed to really tying, like making the leaps um, to tie scientific research and papers. Like he'll mention those things, but like, um, he says like, it's great. It's just, it's, it's surface level. He's again, like he, I, I want to know the mechanism of how it works or why it works or how it all fits together. So, um, but yeah, this was a, this is a four part little mini series on here. We just watched the first one, which is about near death experiences in general. Right. Um, the, the, the next one is like shared death experiences. It's like a four, people, you said four part, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, um, uh, shared death experiences and a couple other things. So, um and it's mostly him just ram not rambling I'm, i joke when i say rambling but him just staring at the camera talking and then there's like mm-hmm. a few cuts of beautiful little animation scenery cutaways and, and stuff yeah yeah, yeah. And, the uh, doctor's table right um yeah it's screensaver style shit you know other than that that's just kind right. of gaia's uh that's par for the course for gaia but yeah uh, but, but yeah it's just it's just him um talking about just giving an overview of near-death experiences and what he thinks they mean after studying them for over 50 years basically right. so he's dedicated his whole career to that but uh he's from georgia he's like a you know real soft-spoken possibly gay southern i couldn't i couldn't mm. get a confirmation on that but um you know certain southern accents and <laughs> and uh sexualities cross over and some um, other times they have nothing to do with each other so. and he's possibly gay is that yeah. where he plays dead <laughs> uh, oh, don't come but, get me <laughs> Ugh, have you've you've seen a possum actually playing possum right uh i think so Ugh, it's like it's maybe. like if if you've if most people if you've if you have a dog or have had a dog that's in the backyard or whatever you know in the place where you right, have possums like out. it's it like our our old dog molly would um we had a, my mom had a lot of possums uh a couple of years in a row that lived in this big tree next door and ugh, it was like because they they don't just they don't just go oh I'm look I'm asleep and they play dead right they literally like like all of their fluids like they shut like down spell. their body yeah. systems temporarily so that like they just shit and puke and piss yeah. but they look like they're just dead and like rotting yeah, that's already. just me on a Saturday night you know when the cake's <laughs> blowing <laughs> when they got dollar Michelobes down at Lucky Strike uh, <laughs> or like saw it once and then the next morning it was gone and then it was back a few days later, you know, right. trying to get the same fucking roaches or bugs or whatever that lived in our wall or whatever. But, um, the cinder block wall out there, but, uh, yeah, it's a fucking frightening thing because the, because usually you're just seeing them unfortunately blasted on the pavement from cars. So they're actually right. dead. That's a, that's an, a real death experience, yeah. RDE, but an FDE full death. Right. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so near death experiences have always, 
fascinated me like ever since the unsolved mysteries day because days because they would talk about uh near-death experiences were a pretty common right. segment on that show like you know because it is funny because like and julia I, went to sleep and then she yeah. said she saw doctors <laughs> she reported <laughs> floating above her body and seeing her child stealing gum from her purse and she was very angry <laughs> about it she I said what is in that peter pan uh clamshell box <laughs> There was no way that Pino could have known about that had he not been floating <laughs> above the operating table, living in a timeless space where he could also see the truck that they went to his friend Chris's house, which stressed Joey out because he had to hide his a videotape under his sweatshirt as he went into the house for approximately one hour, where Joey also saw the very first episode of uh, The Daily Show on Comedy Central that day was starring Craig Kilborn or Greg Kilborn. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I remember that really. I was like, what is this show? Like, right. It well, was, and then it had the smashing, the story of Ricky cutscenes, yes, yeah. <laughs> cake head and stuff. Yes. I was like, uh, my dad was like, oh yeah, it's like a fake news show, you know, before you yeah. know, fake news. But, uh, right. anyway, God, what Which a weird, maybe, maybe he had one of his first heart attacks there and he didn't know it. And that's how he floated above. That's true. To see you yeah. with the clamshell. Yes. <laughs> I'll always remember. John. <laughs> uh, um, but uh, anyway, yeah, there was uh, NDEs were always a popular thing back then on, on uh, Unsolved Mysteries. Uh, and, 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 you know, when you hear enough of these stories from people, you start re- like the main kind of two or three things are uh, the out of body experience. So floating above your body or, or just or not being in your body and being somewhere else anymore, even though, you know, you were just like on an operating table or something. Right. Um, or, you know, this happens also to people who are you know, getting in car crashes and stuff too, right? It's not just yeah, like yeah. the operating table. It's just very common that it's the operating table stuff. And those are the people that are studied a lot because there's medical data about their experience, right? Right. Well, because it, it's like a, a death that you can wake up from still, right? Because you're like maybe dying, maybe coming back. Same with the car. Like that's sudden. It's not like, I mean, I guess if someone does have a heart attack and gets resuscitated, but like whittling away to cancer or some disease, you're probably not right. coming back from it. Which, which I did laugh because he was like, oh, and maybe, I don't know if we're going beat by beat on the episode, but. Uh, no, we can bounce around wherever. When he was like, oh yeah, you know, I, I talk to people and they get sent back, right? And it's usually because they have a kid or this or that or something. And he's like, well, that's the people I talked to were the ones that were sent back, I guess. And I was like, yeah, who, how do you know? Because <laughs> he doesn't know. I was just laughing because I'm like, yeah, of course, the ones who don't come back are just then dead. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, I would love for you to talk to someone who chose not to come back. Right. Yeah. Uh, and figure cool. that one out. Because yeah. <laughs> he kind of like caught himself like, uh, yeah, yeah those are just the ones I've talked to. Yeah. He caught his own logic flaw, like yeah, yeah pointless yeah. statement, the redundant right. statement there. Right. Uh, no, it, that's it. It was an interesting point, though, because um, the whole uh, cheating the ferryman thing which is, it's really funny that, that, uh, Raymond Moody at the very end, he kind of alludes to that same idea. He's like, Hey, you're going to get out of this alive. You're just going to be in another reality. You're going to be in another, uh, you're going to live another storyline basically is what he, he said a few times. And, and it, that's in a pretty general way, but pretty similar to like, like, uh, Anthony Peake always makes the point. He's like, so many people misunderstand my theories and my books because, and he says in, in part, it's because my first book, um, is there, is there life after death, um, uh, was named by the publisher. And that was not my, that first book was supposed to be titled cheating the ferryman, but they right. were like, you're a first time writer. No one's going to buy that. That's not a cool title. 
but he's like, but my theory is about near like what happens in the moments leading up to death, which become potentially of an infinite, a very long to infinite number of lives that you live until you kind of figure as, as Raymond says in this, figure out how to love, figure out what your real purpose right. is and stuff. Uh, and cause he's like, then what happens after that? I'm not really sure. I can only lean on philosophy and religion possibly. Um, or you become an ascended master like the Buddha or Jesus or, right. um, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Muhammad or something where you ascend to that. You've, you've lived maybe so many lives and you finally kind of figured it all out of what it is to lead a perfect life, what, it, what existence is about. And then some people choose to come back and help others and kind of speed the pace up of that, whatever too. He's like, but that's not, that's based on philosophy. And there's lots of philosophy saying the same kind of thing. But he's like, but I can't point to like with with the with all of my work that is about the moments, the infinite moments leading up to actual brain death. That is where I can actually provide the scientific framework and link it to religion and philosophy so that none of them negate each other. And so but he's like, but when you're talking about life after death, just like this, like it's like near death experiences are funny because you're thinking about the word death the whole time. Right. But these are all happening. These are all near death experiences. It's when somebody, because right, right. they actually do call them RDEs, real death experiences in the like scientific, you know, uh, papers and stuff. And so, um, so he's like, he's like, when your actual brain is dead and not one of the many instantations that are, that your brain is, your consciousness is experiencing in smaller and smaller bits of time that your consciousness is experiencing as the same linear time you're used to. So to other people, you are dying. Like other people looking at you, you're dying, right? Right. But your consciousness is going through these life reviews as they talk about in this Raymond Moody thing too. Um, Cause the life review is this, is this is, is also one of the most common. It's one of the pillars of the NDE is, Oh, I saw my life flash before my eyes. Or as Raymond Moody says in this, he's like a lot of people say like, they kind of exist outside of time and they can see their entire life all at once or they're actually kind of experiencing the emotions of other people that they affected throughout their lives. So it's like, Oh, I really hurt this person. You know, I mean, perfect example, the song that uh, most people love, but I hate from the Muppet Christmas Carol uh, when um, uh, Austin Powers father, uh, Michael Caine playing Ebenezer Scrooge, uh, pisses off the girl. He, he's, he just gets greedier and greedier, and then the girl sings, "The love is gone." There's a whole yeah. song. You, you are not alone. I think only your family likes that song because yes. that song was cut from the movie. Yes, from the theatrical <laughs> version, yes. and it was all, only in all the versions home release. that you can see on streaming and DVD have that cut from it. And yeah. most people I know do hate that, and I always suffered. I would watch that movie with my dad as a the VHS thing had it year. Had, full, yeah, had that full yeah, thing, yeah. and it would always just be this awkward, like, okay, when the fuck is this stupid thing I'm over? So I think your family is the only one yes. who <laughs> loves that. Everyone else is on your page of this sucks, and I mean that's what the last six years of this podcast have all been leading to is this right now to right. finally prove Validate. this is my thesis that that yeah. song <laughs> that song fuck <laughs> that song fucking sucks. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're, yeah, I'm more than happy to go punch Eric in the face and tell him (laughs) to shut up. Um, but you can tell your family, there's a reason it was cut from the fucking movies. And they know it's the best part. I'm like, Oh my God. Oh my God. No, it's not. Yeah. 
I, I appreciate that like the tragedy of Ebenezer Scrooge, you know, losing the love of his life due to greed. That is a, that's an interesting part of his character yeah, arc. Yeah. But that, oh, that song, that song it's, just at the moment, just, it drags the whole movie down. Yeah, there you go. And yeah, then you got to bring it back. Up. Yes. Um, <laughs> anyway, my point being, uh, in this life review, Ebenezer Scrooge, for example, when, if he was having a near death experience, um, he might, uh, experience the pain that he caused in that girl. And that's how he really learns that lesson of like, Oh, I shouldn't, when I go back, like I have to go back and not do that kind of thing anymore, whatever too. That's where Anthony peak takes it one step further where he's like, you know, those things happen or you're experiencing those things because you were there before your consciousness, your demon, you know, your eternal self was there before. And when your brain is flooded with DMT at the end at these, during these times of high stress, which just a few short years ago was proven by Dr. Jimo Borgijan, who was a a Japanese American, um, neuroscientist where she wrote the paper that confirmed and they had to kill a bunch of, they had to euthanize a bunch of living rats to prove this, but they did it and, and, um, found that DMT was produced in the brain after the point of death. And so why would that, why would that occur? Right. And so, mm-hmm. um, and that was like one of the smoking guns for like Anthony Peake's whole thing. He's like, because they've theorized that the pineal gland produces DMT, but they could never prove it. But her and her graduate student figured out a way to detect a certain like RNA strand that is in DMT. That's like whatever. And that, that was detected flooding the brain, um, right, right before. And then until the, till the brain was effectively dead, there was still activity going on, which is strange, but, um, but, uh, and when your, when your brain is, it ha- is flooded, when your body is flooded with DMT, your perception of time is completely different. It's, it's, it's all of those filters and attenuators are gone. And so now, um, like Raymond Moody was saying generally, and like Anthony Peake says very specifically, like you are, your, your consciousness is now in a timeless state. And, and one could argue that is the natural state of consciousness because it is quantum energy and not a physical slower and not slower three dimensional meat energy basically. right? Right. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, so he's like, he's like ultimately like, I don't know what happens when you actually die. Right. But, um, because there isn't a lot of real information about that. Cause you can't, like you were saying, you can't really study. <laughs> you can't yeah, talk to anyone yeah. unless, unless you believe that ghosts are <laughs> spirits of human people. Right? right. But even then, why would they then come back and just say dumb shit into a spirit right. box? Like <laughs> answer that or like something, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's like, Hi, and, that, Hi, and, that, and that's where, uh, Anthony Peake's whole egregorial theory comes in where, uh, which is not his it's it's i mean it's what what a lot of you know it's what greg and dana newkirk usually think and um uh what a lot of the kind of like uh unified field theory paranormal investigators think where it's like the end like even like madame blavatsky who was the the who started thelema and like all these things um the early in the spiritualist days of the turn of the century she was like basically saying that like there are intelligences out there and they will basically take whatever they will look inside your head and take whatever form you want them to and will play that part. So they, they basically call them like astral hobos where they'll just like kind of, if you're like, they want to interact with humans. Um, they don't really exist in the same time. 
So they are co-created, but they are still independent intelligences. And so, yeah. um, changing to the needs of the people. Exactly. And so similar to that, um, the other kind of pillar of NDEs is seeing family members or seeing people that tell you you're not done here yet. You need to go back. Right. Like you see the big tunnel of light. That's as you're trying to leave the buffet. Right. No, you're not done yet. You have more (laughs) plates. You can have as many plates. (laughs) They're putting out dinner now. Right. Lunch is over. (laughs) You can get the omelets and the orange chicken. What are you fucking doing? Get back in your body. (laughs) Even though you almost died from a heart attack from eating, from being beyond my 600 pound life or whatever. Yeah. All the salt. Uh, (laughs) But, uh, uh, it's I just made my of, heart. Yeah. yeah. I just thought of a fat rapper who called MS Jesus or something. Oh, like there that. We go. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> who died at a buffet. But, um, uh, so in this, uh, uh, Gaia content, this Raymond Moody thing, he talks about how, um, he, he assumes that these are the people that they say they are. Oh, it's my mm-hmm. aunt, but she was a young girl or like whatever. And people say, oh, well, why, why was my aunt a young girl? Why was my um, yeah. grandpa my age or whatever, right? And Just and, like the Force characters in Star Wars when they were Yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, because you can make the same argument like, oh, they're existing now in an incorporeal place, you know, existence that has no bounds of time. And right. so they're probably going to be whatever version I guess they would want to be of themselves or whoever they feel most, or maybe whoever you connect with them the most at certain, maybe right. you're, you know, that your aunt told stories of when she was a girl and you could, I don't know, but, um, like <laughs> aunt, your aunt told, Hey, back when I was a girl, you were your uncle and I was still your aunt yeah. girl back uh, when you were a girl. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but Anthony peak would say those aren't necessarily your actual, right. um, relatives that is your daemon that's your eternal self taking whatever form it needs right. to communicate to you in a very stressful crazy experience that to make you feel calm and listen to the message which is hey you got to go back and yeah. finish this right classic the movie contact Ex- yeah right? exactly like, yeah 100 literal thing um yeah small move like the, yeah the the alien intelligence knew that humans would only be able to respond to small changes it would be a little well, hectic and crazy and you might not believe him if it was like their real form or whatever too right? well and when he yeah he comes in as her dad and she's yes. like i don't know this is just how you you will respond the calmest exactly yeah right. yeah perfect example of like co-creation right so yeah. yes it's an, an independent intelligence but it is psychically connecting with you right. and you it right so um but uh but it's also interesting too that at least in anthony peak's whole damon adelon cheating the ferryman thing like after that point, assuming you only almost die once, after that point, the daemon, your eternal self now also doesn't know what's going to happen next either. <laughs> and so, because right. a lot of times they say, like people will say that after a certain age, a lot of that intuition and stuff tends to go away or their deja vu experiences go away. And so, um, that, and that's because your daemon doesn't know what's going to happen either. Like this is the furthest you've ever gotten. Which right. also is really interesting. It's like it's interesting philosophical thing where, um, hold on, Big Chief X says, uh, take the form of Kate Kate Upton for me, and I'm definitely not going back. <laughs> Kate Upton is a name I haven't heard in a very yeah, long like, time. Nineties. Like she was. It was like the mid two thousand. She was like the hotness for a while. Um, she was a very like you know naturally busty blonde mo- like Victoria's mm. Secret model or something like that. But uh, okay. 
big in like the FHM Max some days and stuff. Right. Oh yeah. Completely forgot about, <laughs> about <laughs> that name. But uh uh but point being um what was I saying? Oh yeah, because that yeah, the Damon doesn't like it's it's now like oh that 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 kind of intuition and those deja vu experiences go away later in life for a lot of people, especially in their elderly life, and that's because they've made it the furthest they've made it right. Like this is right. this is the this is a new instantation of the video game, right? So yeah, um, so the Damon will now be learning with you, uh, because you know your eternal self because it doesn't know anything before past this point so right, right, right. it's the um, mario brothers part two after you've played mario brothers one to all exa- yes exactly um or like even like a like new game plus when it has new content but you keep yeah, all of your weapons DLC. and upgrades and stuff but uh uh but it is it's a really interesting and I, I, that's another thing where it's like well i don't like like well, i don't know what the fuck's gonna happen next because um you got i just know oh sorry my point was raymond moody says the those entities never tell you what you need to go back and do and anthony peak says that's because it doesn't know it just knows that hey you got to keep going and ascending to the next level whatever that is right and so um and also uh anthony peak he criticizes the the interpretation that these are the souls the consciousnesses of dead relatives and stuff because He's like what Raymond Moody doesn't put in his work are all the people who have uh, people who are still alive as those beings of light. So it's literally like my uncle who's still alive told me, hey, get back in there or whatever, too. Right. So he says so that goes more with my interpretation that the daemon, you know, your daemon, your higher self is communicating with you in the with the best possible person or people um, to get you to listen and and not freak out right to be able to right, to right. someone that you trust basically right so yeah. uh it was interesting that um something that's not talked about a lot uh and raymond moody makes an interesting point where some do some people have negative experiences with yeah because you know, most of them are because yeah are they're like positive. if you go to hell or something right and, right um and, yeah. and he's like there are relatively few reported he's like that doesn't mean they don't happen but people probably might be a little more scared to seem crazy if they had a really horrific experience or they're like traumatized right, scared by it. shitless. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they clam up and just want to fucking forget about it. So, uh, but he says there's a handful of people who like go to a place where there's like flames and stuff like that. And it's really scary. And, and, uh, yeah. uh, he didn't say anyone has like really reported like a, you know, fucking demon or something telling them whatever. Cause, cause also that wouldn't really, if a demon wanted your soul, it wouldn't be saying, Hey, get back in there and keep right, living right. your life. but uh um but that this seems to be the same kind of rough percentage as people who have uh negative dmt experiences too right like most people tend to have you know interesting you know educational at the very least experiences or they're in awe right it's a little scary but they're kind of in awe of the whole thing whereas there's a handful of like when we were at um contact in the desert and somebody specifically asked dr andrew gallimore uh, in between getting his ass fucked you know right. sessions on shibuya i'm in shibuya yeah. <laughs> <Raw scene. laughs> uh, but uh he was saying that there are a handful of people who have had negative experiences or even like uh but, but sorry i don't want to keep cutting myself off but he was saying a lot of those people tend to be bringing that to the experience or they have unfinished trauma they haven't processed or things like that right. like, because there is a sort of 
co-creative process that isn't going to be just this other reality because that reality is seems to be made of psychic manifestations of things so right right um but uh anthony peak says like he tells the story all the time on his interviews that um there's one one guy that was doing dmt research he you know took the dmt went into the kind of dmt space or cage or whatever some people call it and this like really crazy looking entity came up to him and kind of poked him and said, Hey, you shouldn't be doing this this way. Like you shouldn't be coming here this way. Like with, with the chemical basically, right. This is the wrong way. And so he was like, okay. And then he like, you know, finished his kind of trip and literally like two months later, he did it again. And the same exact entity came up and said, I told you last time you're doing this wrong. Stop doing this like this. And so, Mm -hmm. and, and his whole, um, theory about that was like that couldn't just be my own consciousness because why would my own consciousness be telling me something i didn't want to hear right you know what i mean right and and uh but uh, and also interesting too like showing like maybe some of these entities are a little more purist than like you should be getting this way through maybe like meditation and Mm -hmm. shamanic states and not through just this drug but meanwhile fix there's billions of other dmt or ayahuasca trips so they're like oh hey welcome i'm glad you're here right, like right, it's, right. it's usually a very positive thing so um but uh but yeah it's it's uh i i do like that raymond moody like focused a lot on the timelessness of this and he's he's like he's like yeah once you're once you're not stuck in your body anymore like you kind of you're not you're not really, really in no that stress s- yeah you're not really in that same narrative anymore like because yeah, yeah. the narrative of i of i am somebody you know, I am this human, this person in this place. Right now, you're like, well, I don't really know where I am or when I am or what. Yeah, but all that seems to feel real is loving, like learning what love really is, and helping other people. That seems to always right. be the common thing. And because um, at the end, he's like, yeah, I believe this is again all a simulation, and it's just a giant video game and he's like maybe i'll be crazy and he's like but then i'll go to insane asylum and that's an experience in itself yeah which is funny because his wikipedia said he did he tried to commit suicide in the early 90s he said that he had an undiagnosed thyroid problem that was causing a lot of mental illness and depression and stuff mm. uh and so that was and he had an nde experience when he i don't you know tried to commit suicide it was weird but uh and he went, he was checked into an asylum and whatever too. So maybe he was <laughs> alluding to that in this. I don't know, but, um, it didn't seem like it was like, co- like, like he wanted to cover it up or something. So I'm assuming right. he might've just been alluding to that, but, yeah. um, say like, yeah, maybe this, this time I went a little crazy and this happened or whatever, but that's interesting <laughs> and educational. But, um, but yeah, he, um, he focuses on how you're not really, you're not really dying. Right. And so people people aren't people that come out of this tend to not fear death anymore. And people, even religious people tend to become a little more, um, Gnostic in the general term, meaning having Gnosis. Like I, instead of just knowing that this text in this one book that I read or, or uh, reading the Vedanta of Hinduism or whatever, instead of focusing on the hardcore words that, that, that priest or this, you know, shaman or whatever says, yeah, they actually know now what it feels like to connect with the universe and connect with what I guess the divine and kind of what the real nature of being consciousness, like what you are, like what, who we are as conscious beings, they, everyone becomes less denominational and more spiritual as opposed to, because they feel like they, 
they truly know what it feels like now, as opposed to the theoretical, well, this religious group that I belong to forever says this is the way things are to with these are the rules and this is what happens and all this stuff. And basically that people are like, once this happens to me, the kind of filter was taken off from my eyes and that we're all looking at the same picture basically. Right. 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 So, um, which is cool too. I mean, it's, it's, it's scary that, um, sometimes for people, it has to take this extremely stressful experience. Like, you know, flying off a fucking bridge in your car or something like that. But, right, right, right. Um, but uh, it, there, there are also, um, uh, Anthony Peak again, goes through a lot of this. Raymond Moody apparently does too. I haven't read any of his books, but when I was reading his books, there is at least one book that talks about the science of the neurology of it too. But it just wasn't that first big book, Life After Life. But times of great stress and, um, uh, and especially like, when it's measured during real death experiences, that's when the science is, as long as somebody's hooked up to things, that's when they measure that like it goes even, it makes sense. It goes even further than a near death experience, but the, the brain basically has to think it's actually going to die. Right. Or, uh, the flood of glutamates. And then now what we know is, is DMT from the pineal gland. When those start flooding your system, um, that's when your brain's, uh, sense of time is completely changed. Uh, also, uh, adrenaline and metabolism affect your concept of time. I think I was, we were talking about this last on the last episode of pro and guy or something else where like a hummingbird's metabolism is far, far faster than a human's. Right. And even in like dumb cartoons and stuff, like a hummingbird will be portrayed as like seeing all of these bigger creatures out in the world like us from the hummingbird's perspective are in slow motion. Right. 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 So the hummingbird might be living what the equivalent of like a 50 year lifespan to itself, but we are all living in slow motion or are these like maybe these ancient immortal beings. Cause like we're right. living in this slower time. Right. Um, but to itself, the hummingbird might not be living only two years or however long a hummingbird lives. Right. Right. right yeah. Or a not, fly. Like a fly only lives for like whatever, twenty four to forty eight hours. Yeah. But to it, it might live a fucking twenty year lifespan that's just has right. a different metabolism. So um so when you have when you're like falling off a cliff and people have who have survived this describe the same exact things. They might not have the 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 bright light or whatever, but they definitely have a sense that time is slowing down and that they are living their whole life over or sometimes multiple whole lives over before kind of snapping back and remembering, Oh wait, I'm falling down off a fucking cliff, you know? And so right. there's a weird cyclical or spiral effect that happens. Um, and, and again, this isn't like always the life flash before my eyes. Some people say, no, I actually feel like I just lived another 60 years of my life and now I'm back right. here. And, and it's a mind fuck to them because they're like, wait, it doesn't feel like that was 60 years, even though I was living it moment by moment. But also this this memory, quote unquote, of falling off of this cliff, it feels like it just happened as well. So it's a very right, strange, right. you know, it's like uh, Inception when they go and have yes. their full live for 90 years in a dream and they're yes. only gone for like a it, day. It's, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Christopher Nolan really gets into a lot of esoteric concepts and try and like Interstellar too, right? Like the whole, yeah, yeah, all those, yeah. you know, of, of um, uh, uh, Matthew McConaughey's character because he goes to the event horizon of that black hole, which is existing out, outside of time. He's in that Tesseract, right? right. And li he's, li he's experiencing what it's like to be a higher dimensional being who doesn't 
who isn't stuck on the three-dimensional linear time path that we are usually. And he's looking at his, he can see all these different times. They're like little screens almost, which is exactly what Raymond Moody talks about here. He's like, some people experience like, oh, there's like just infinite numbers of little screens of moments in their life. And they can kind of go to whichever one they want at any time. Um, Same with the fucking uh, squid aliens in Arrival, right? They're, their whole thing was like their language yeah. is is um, cyclical and nonlinear, and that changes the way that they experience life, right? So, right, right, right. Um, but uh, but yeah, you know, he's he's pushing the books through her bookcase. He's kind of just like, you know, going back to that time, even though it was years and years and years ago, because she's you know fucking in her thirties or whatever by that point. But he's going back and closing this loop where the books got pushed out and he was what well, it was like supposed to be Morse code, well, like whatever. Morse code for that. And then the gravity signals and then it gave, it the gave time. her current self, the missing math, the missing values or whatever to finish. Well, he did that with the, the watch. So oh, that's the right. Yes, you're right. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, cause then that happens linear lin- on a linear basis. Cause he like right. first is discovering does the Morse code with the books. And then even after that is when he's like, Oh, I'll just do the clock thing. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's, um, he gets, he gets to be, uh, both an Adelon and a Damon at that point, right? He gets to experience what it's like to be a more eternal consciousness. Um, because he's been, that movie's still like, I watch it and I love it so much, but like, still I'm like, wait, how does him like going in the black hole, put him in a Tesseract, which was constructed by the future humans and like, what, you know what I mean? It's like, it's such a weird it's still hard to think I get it, but it's also still hard to like, like the visual moments like that. It happens. It's hard to pinpoint when those things happen, you know? Oh yeah. They like catch him and he kind of slides in it. Yeah. But, and, but also like, yeah, (laughs) but so (laughs) sick. No, like it, it also, it also, I guess thematically goes into the whole point of that section anyway, which is that linear time doesn't exist. Right. It's one of those is it's beyond us. We can't even comprehend just, He's now there figuring it out, right? And uh, you can't even enter a black hole theoretically because your nose goes first and then that will get ripped off from then your lips, your mouth, head. Like you you don't enter it all at once. Right. So then you would be pulled into a million pieces. Yeah. Like, like Anthony Peake talks about like all of the information, if you threw a cell phone or yourself or whatever, all of the information that makes that up, the quantum bits of data all get smeared across the event horizon, the the rim of that black hole, which is why then a lot of quantum physicists thinks that black holes are other universes. They're the outside of other universes. So universes aren't dimensionally butted up. They're all within and without each other. Like they're just, then there's an infinite regress where that universe in 3d. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like that universe would have, black holes and then the next universe within that black hole would have black holes in it too yep. and so uh meaning that size is basically irrelevant too i try to tell the ladies like that say agree, but um but uh but yeah so that information would be smeared on the outside um and be making up the information that makes up that next universe which is such a weird yeah. fucking thing to think about but um but um anyway uh this gets into a lot of like NDEs, like because it's it's one of the it's a it's a fairly common thing that happens that is tends to be the most like before before like you know ayahuasca and DMT seem to be a thing NDEs seem to be like the most consistent 
like completely paradigm shifting, life changing event for people. Right. And he alludes to it at the end. He's like, yeah, he's like, he's like, there are a lot of similarities with, uh, people that are taking DMT and these certain psychedelics because they're having similar experiences. So what does that say about the NDE and our brain and all that kind of stuff right. too? You know, he says, I think they're chasing it because it feels the same as the NDE. And it's like, I would just say that the same kind of thing is happening in your brain because the DMT is just, you know, flooding your brain just like it does when you're having a near death experience. So it's the yep. same filters are being turned off generally, but that, because because you are a conscious element of it imagine just having a nice you know smoke or injection of M of dmt and you're relaxed and what you bring to that situation versus i'm falling off a cliff or i'm on an operating table or something right, right. so um it kind of takes the the death part out of it so um but yeah i kind of want to watch more of i don't know if i want to watch all four of these but i kind of want to mm. watch the next one at least the uh, the shared right. death experience one but um, it was pretty interesting. I thought, I mean, it was, yeah, it was, a, he was a good speaker. Like he's a, he's a, he, he almost seems like Ram Dass in a way, like very relaxed, right. very confident, very smart, but very, uh, seems like a spiritual guy because he also is a philosophy, you know, right. person, uh, professor too. So, um, but yeah, definitely worth a watch, uh, if you have Gaia, but uh, this is a Gaia original, so I guess not available anywhere else, but right, right. Um, we try to balance that stuff. Cause we would like, like a lot of the stuff we watch, if it's not a guy original, you can find it on YouTube or Amazon or whatever too. Cause it is kind of shitty. It's like, well, to watch any of this stuff along with us, you'd have to have the Gaia account, which is right, you know, right. not crazy expensive, but it's not cheap either. But, yeah, yeah. um, but, uh, but yeah, I definitely, it's a lot of these half hour ones. This is a good one. Cause it's just chocked full of information without overloading, which some of the other ones have yep. been definitely like, they get too in, in their own head of logic and whatever. And it's like, okay, now you're just rambling. Yeah. The, like, um, well, because of this and then you do this and then that, and it's like, okay, we'll take some steps back. Right. The, the gal that we've watched a couple episodes yeah. of, like they usually start off really strong, but then at the, at the last like 10 minutes gets to be like. Now you're doing a lot of leaps that try to tie up all right, these loose right, ends right. in a half hour thing, you know, but, um, but anyway, yeah, uh, it's definitely worth a watch, especially it's like, if you, um, if you want to like, it's, it's, it's even just a nice little piece of history of like, oh, this is the guy that put NDEs on the map of the scientific right. world. So, and, and brought them into the mainstream. So, um, in and of itself, that's cool. Now as I always talk about Anthony peak, like Anthony peaks next book, which is supposed to come out in 2025 is supposed to be like the definitive work on NDEs in terms of he has now read all 140 something peer reviewed papers that have ever been published on NDEs. And so right. he's like, I have literally done all the research I ever could. Anyone ever could. And he, he says he has something like 250,000 words of the, of the book already written and he has to cull it down to like 120 or mm. something like that or 90 to 120, which is crazy. But, uh, but that'll be exciting too. Cause he's just like, he's like, people still aren't understanding this and too many, too many researchers are not necessarily cherry picking, but just, just hyper-focusing too much on just the experiences themselves and not tying in the science and the philosophical stuff that's been right, important right, too. Right. So that'll be exciting. But I think it, yeah. he says it's tentatively going to be called um, NDE's the definitive experience or something like that. Some but, yeah. 
uh, or no, the it's, I don't know, whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. it's not for a year and a half away, but, um, but I am excited to read that when it comes out. Um, but I think that's enough. Do you have yes. anything else to add? Uh, no, I think we hit all the notes. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, more, more content that was than that what was in this little half hour episode. So, um, Oh, I turned off the fucking keyboard. Well, it's not going back on now. So I thought it was, uh, <laughs> I was like, I came out of the keyboard. Oh God. <laughs> uh, a little taste of no guts, no glory there. But, um, anyway, I'll shut up. I'm rambling now. Uh, thank you as always for your support. Thank you for, uh, probing into the guy averse with us, uh, we'll which was one of the post. alternate, these are the vagaries of live streaming, folks. It happens. We'll have to fix it in post. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to fix it in I post. Gave some money to uh, a vagary on the street. <laughs> These are the vagaries of <laughs> like live streaming, folks. It happens. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, thank you as always for supporting us. Thank you for subscribing to the podcast, for telling your friends about the podcast, for uh, supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash probing ancient aliens and getting those two exclusive podcasts every month. Uh, there's, I don't know, it's like a hundred podcasts on there. Now we just threw up, um, uh, adventurous ghosts, our ghost adventures podcast, latest episode, which was uh Rocky point manor, uh, deep into season six of ghost adventures right now. Uh, and we'll be doing something else before the new year. Uh, but we're not sure what yet, but, uh, See. uh, make sure and head over to black to support steve and his merchandise his disc golf disc disc golf apparel you can also get shirts of you know probing ancient alien shirts we should we'll get the other logo shirts on there at some point hopefully we'll be able to fucking uh pivot pretty soon to uh back to hungry for skinwalker ranch yeah uh, i keep that, checking and it's not on i know Hulu, I, so. I check like once a week and it's still i just i just don't want to pay yeah. whatever 40 bucks right, for right. or something but uh but we'll be covering that show soon i am sure um, See. other than that, Bye. we're bisexual. Straight up.